This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. It is Readers Entertainment Radio, and I am Patricia W. Fisher here to talk to you about amazing books with their amazing authors. And today, I am talking to a very dear friend of mine who I always love having on the show. Um, Her name is Sasha Summers, and she grew up surrounded by books. Her passions have always been storytelling, romance, and travel, and she's written over 20 books and novellas, and that's just growing exponentially this year and next year. She's now a best-selling, award-winning author, and she continues to fall in love with each hero as she writes, which is pretty easy to do, uh, because she writes (laughs) everything from easy on the ice, cowboys, sexy alpha male werewolves, heroes of mythic proportions, and she believes everyone should have their happily ever after, ending in fiction and real life. She lives Near the, Tex- uh, near the Texas Hill Country with her amazing supportive family, her very grumpy cat, Gerald, who you should actually look up on her Facebook pages. Um, he has kind of his own little fan following. And you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and on her website. And the write-up and the links to those are in the write-up of the show. Welcome, Sasha. How are you today? Sasha, thank you. I am, I am good. I'm cold. I don't know what happened with this weather, but all of a sudden it's like winter again. I mean, I guess we didn't really yes. have one, so yeah. Right. So yeah, cold. We have these, <laughs> I, we have these blueberry um, plants that we start, decided years ago to try and grow because, you know, we're, I oh. think it was fueled by my husband saying, these blueberries are too expensive. And I'm like, yes, let's just grow our own because that solves it all. So we got these whiskey barrels and uh, with six of them. And then we have all these blueberry bushes, which are great because, you know, it's, you send the kids out. So don't complain if there's stems on your blueberries because they have to be done by hand. So oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. complain mm-hmm. about yeah. a small bowl of blueberries. So the cold weather, I just, I, when it's cold and for us, it's cold. It's 35 degrees right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, people exactly. in Connecticut are going, you know, crime your laughing. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they're outside in shorts like, and flip flops. They're that's like, not oh, cold. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I keep thinking, <laughs> but the blueberry plants really like it, so it'll be okay because we'll have blueberries oh, well, in go. our backyard. That's the upside. Yeah. Yes, that is the upside. Yeah. Blueberries. The two times it snowed in San Antonio. Right, right. The two times it snowed in San Antonio in the past. What eight years, nine years? Yeah, we got so many blueberries. Really? Because huh. yeah, so because they the got really for them cold. To really germinate. Hmm. Something. I mean, that's why most blueberries um, are grown, you know, north, more north, and you see the right. big, right, huge ones. And it's also interesting because um, a lot of you know in San Antonio, we obviously have a lot of people from Central. Um, uh, Central America, and um, mm-hmm. they, I would say, what's the word for this, for blueberries, because I was trying to teach our kids both English and Spanish and produce section, as you do when you're a stay-at-home mom and just trying to find some sort of conversation <laughs> with anyone who will talk to you, um, <laughs> and it was funny because because blueberries aren't grown in the hotter climates, you know, they uh-huh. had so they had blackberries and all these others, but they didn't have blueberries. There wasn't a word. Interesting. Uh, I had yeah, no idea. And, and, and what's interesting, too, is if you look at the container, we're totally distracted about blueberries. The, the, you look at the <laughs> container, and it'll say, um, 
you know, blueberries and then a product of Chile. If when you know it's off season, right? It'll say product of Chile. Right. But then it's in French. <laughs> so I don't. That's hysterical. Hmm, there's a mystery like, there. Oh, it's, mystery. it's called a bluette, and it's like, no, that's French. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? So the poor, the people oh. at, at HEB, it's our, our grocery store here, here at Antonio, and um, I'd walk in, and they'd look at me and just be like, God, you're going to confuse every Spanish speaker in this town because <laughs> nobody has a word for blueberries. Like, I'm so sorry. I was looking it up, you know. Everyone's like, well, you know. So finally I kept oh coming gosh. in. And then they, someone, one of the, the cashiers had actually written it down that oh, the funny. term they were using and saved it until I came through the line. And it was so nice. And, of course, you know, now it's been years and I've forgotten. And now it, it's actually what all in the bags now. If you, you know, I don't, you know. Oh, but see, but my then gosh, I that asked, is so funny. You changed their marketing but forever. I, asked, <laughs> I did. And, you know, what's bad is um, it was dependent on who you asked. Yeah, because sometimes, right. you know, like you go to different parts of the country and the same thing is like six different things. Yeah. So yeah. if you say a Coke here, different. yeah, right, it's a yeah, soda it's a or a right. pop or, right, right. here right. it's a Coke. What right. kind do you want? Sprite, you know, yeah. Right. Um, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. all those moments, oh all those gosh. fun moments. That's have, amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So, yes, <laughs> that's all from the cold weather conversation there. Yes. Fun. And the blueberries. Um, okay. Obviously, my well, you're going to have my, to share your blueberries. Obviously. Oh uh, well, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. It's been like what 24 I hours. Know. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone wondering, Sasha and I live like three miles from each other. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but we actually ended up meeting because of our local writers group. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I had just moved here yeah. from um, from Dallas, and you were one of the first yeah. friendly faces that I met when I came here. It was awesome. Yay. Oh, it was fun. Yay. And it was cool. It was, it you was. know, it was even better to find out that, you know, you live so close. It's like, yay, someone I can talk yes. to about, you know, <laughs> writing imaginary people. And they, and she gets it. She totally gets it. Yes. Um, there is no judgment because I know those people too. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we've, we've oh. all talked about it before, but I mean, what was, when you first thought about writing, mm-hmm. was the first thing you did was go to a writer's group or had you gone to one? Or, I mean, what was your, what was your journey to get to your writer's group? Well, let's see. The first time I started to write something, um, I actually wrote the whole story. Um, and then there was a woman, uh, she writes historical Scottish romance. Her name is Diana Cosby. And uh, she actually happened to be in a little local magazine where we were living at the time, which is north of Dallas. And it was all about, you know, her writing process and the things that had helped her grow and just really magnanimous article. So being the novice that I was, I emailed her um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I just read your article and you're just so inspiring. I finished my first book and blah, blah, blah. And she literally was like, well, I have a meeting this weekend. Come with me. And I wrote to Sarah with Diana Cosby because she was just this kind of amazing, well, of course, let me show you how to do this. And so we were friends, are still friends online, um, until she relocated up north. But um, 
just just walking into that room, I will never forget it as long as I live. The first era meeting I went to, walking in there and meeting all of these, you know, Lorraine Heath, and they had some big names at the time. Um, it was Liliana Hart before she was Liliana Hart was there. Um, Jay Wells, Elizabeth Essex, and people that I had read without realizing were just normal people, you know. <laughs> um, right. And it was it was just everything kind of clicked, and I no longer felt like there was something wrong with me um, for having voices in my head. <laughs> and I went every month after that. You know, I joined pretty quickly and um, got into a critique group and, yeah, wrote my first two books within six months because um, it was just like, you know, once you have that kind of affirmation that, yes, this is a real thing, and yes, you can do it. It just kind of, I, I guess, really infiltrated the bloodstream, and there was no going back. So, Right. Well, I mean, that validation is huge. I think that yes. you, know, you realize that there are plenty of other people around that make up stuff and, and do yeah. well with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or even it's just like you're saying, it's, it's the voices in your head, and it's... it's yeah. Um, you you need yeah. that sometimes to to know what's going on. So definitely. So, so tell definitely. me, you got some, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, but one of the things that you a lot of people talk about is how do you go from I love reading, I love this, I'm going to write a, I'm going to start mm-hmm. writing, and now I'm going to for sure write a book, and then actually the catalyst to start really writing it. Like I'm really going to write this. Right. What was that catalyst? Um, um, honestly, I think it was going to critique group because I've worked with a variety of, of people. Um, some of them, it was more of a hobby writer, you know, which are people that just like to write but didn't ever have any plans to pursue actual publication. I'd had another mm-hmm. woman who'd been trying to get published for over 20 years, and then there were about three of us within probably five years of age that were all kind of this is still new for us. Uh, we were super passionate, but we didn't really know what to do. <laughs> and we kind of just oh, yeah, made this sure. pact. That, yeah, yeah. So the three of us kind of made this pact that we were going to do everything we could to finish these books. And then once that was done, see where it went. And I think that um, I think that it really helped. Uh, one of the women, again, have kept up with her, Sandy Williams. She had this amazing um, – urban uh, fantasy series. It was just fantastic. And she basically, uh, yeah, she was under contract almost immediately. It was a great, great series. Um, So, you know, working with people that are in the same position, I think, again, it's that whole kind of, okay, go team, you know? Um, But I think that different people, it's going to be a different trigger. I mean, we know, we've talked about this over and over again, that everybody's journey and everybody's process is so different. Um, yeah. So what works for some people, other people will be like, what are you talking about? You know, what does that even mean? <laughs> so um, right. for me, yeah, having a group of people that always understood the process or the passion for it, if not the process, has always been so important to me, you know? Yeah, and I think, too, it's also important when you get people in that field and you have some, I, you know, we've all seen it, where people say, oh, okay, well, that's really a good start, and the person's looking at right. you like, well, no, that's that's it. And you go, right. uh, no, no, it's not. And also, <laughs> I remember talking to one author, and she had already decided she was going to do indie. And um, mm-hmm. she pulled her printed book out. And it was, oh. it was probably 600 pages. And it was, it was just oh like, my yeah, gosh. my first book's 
130,000 oh. words. And, and we're all looking oh. at each other like, oh, no, no. Oh, and, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we said, yeah. well, who's your, who's your editor? She's like, oh, I'm a copy uh-huh. editor. I, no, I'm a copywriter. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. She was a tech writer. Yeah. And oh, I know what I'm doing. And even I, we all more thought, of a different, yeah. No. Yeah, and I mean, and it was just like no, you need another set yeah. of eyes. You need yeah. something else. Yes. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, that's just that's not a uh-huh. dig at anybody's you know performance. It's just a duh no. kind of thing because we're not going to catch everything, you know. Um, I mean, here's your perfect example. I read through this this last book over and over and over again. Right, everything looked good, and then I got the galleys on it, and it was a it was supposed to be you know especially in this public environment. No, it said, especially in this pubic environment. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is yeah. not the correct word. That is, changes the entire situation. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> yes, this is but it had very been a while since I looked at the now. book. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it had been, I'd looked at it at least three times, but it had been several weeks. So, and this was like the final round of copy edit. So, it's like, Oh my God, you know, I wasn't the only one that didn't catch it. So yeah, having fresh eyes is so important. It's not, it's not a, you know, you can't do this on your own. It's a, just make sure you're doing the best you can do. And this person can help you do that. Definitely. Right. I think too, that it's that feeling of, we all get into our world as we write. And it's that idea of, well, I know this, therefore every, I know I've explained it well enough for everyone else. And I'm actually uh, critiquing something right now for a friend's, daughter who's got aspirations to write and I asked her I said you know do you want me to be you know how how deep do you want this critique to go yeah before I even look at it and and the girl's like rip it up just rip it up and I said okay she's in high school I thought oh okay right and I'm reading it and I was talking to her mom yesterday and I said I'm still working on it and I said you know the first thing we all have to do as authors is realize that nobody knows our characters but us Right. And so right. Exactly. remember, and, and we've all done it, but you write with the assumption that they all know what you know. So you're explaining, yeah. you're doing something yeah. and everyone's going, what yeah. do you, what do you mean? He's got, yeah. he's got yeah, a yeah, scalpel. Yeah. What, what are she's, you know, and an, why is she on a rocket? I don't understand, you know, and right. like, well, she's an astronaut. Right. Like, oh, well that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Just put in a word or two that shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 so. How is is? Are you enjoying the book? I mean, good for her. That's it. That's super young to start doing something. It's a short story. Yeah, it's a short. Yeah, and and I I see a lot of promise and just the fact that she's saying, "Rip it up." I'm like, okay, well, this this person's going to do well. Um, Yeah, that's a sign that they are open to criticism. Yeah. mm Hmm. Right. And again, we've all had horrible criticism. Like yes. we get it sometimes yes. that it goes, I've got to be brutal and say this isn't working. Mm-hmm. But there's also mm-hmm. times when you get from your critique groups, this is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> no, that is not helpful. Well, and you know, I, I do believe, because um, you know, we've been doing this for a while now, that there are some people that, um, you know, all editors are different. But there are yeah. some people I could not, I don't think I would be able to work with because the way they choose to convey their edits is not exactly nurturing. And for me, that is just so mind-blowing that someone could be mm, almost gleeful when they're like kind of dissing uh, uh, a writer's mm-hmm. work. There's been a couple of different instances where they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is what they wrote about it. And I'm like, wait, 
they said this makes the heroine sound stupid. I mean, this is an editor. Couldn't they have said something like, hmm, maybe we could strengthen your character? You know what I mean? I'm like, that's really, right. that would make me sad. That would make me kind of crushed. And I mean, so I'm open to criticism, but I still am kind of like, you have to do it in such a way where it's like, okay, we can fix this versus she's a moron. <laughs> right. I was like, wow. Right. Well, and it's it's just like with anybody, you're sitting, people who complain all the time, and it's like, but what's your solution? Right. You know, so, exactly. okay, this isn't working, exactly. so what do you suggest? What's your solution? Because all of us, even those of us who've been doing it a while, sometimes we yeah. fall, really, fall, I mean, we a lot of times really fall in love with our stories, and oh, yeah, we totally. are braced for the response, but, right. and it's always great when it comes back and there's just like, little edits like you know pubic to public yeah. and, and mean there yeah. there and there yeah. and to you know um right right those are great but but when they come back and say see what you wrote like you really wanted to that's fantastic yeah um yeah exactly. so yeah those it matters it certainly does it i mean does. we've all met people who are it like does. well I, I got critiqued i didn't like it and so i quit i'm like yeah. well i can't yeah. help you yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think that like what you were just saying about the the girl in high school. I think when an, an author is actually ready to seriously pursue writing is when they are saying things like "rip it up." If they're not there yet, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be looking at being published. They just shouldn't. Um, it means they're not mm-hmm. in a place to actually be receptive to the fact that there could be flaws with their work. And until we realize our stuff isn't perfect, it's not going to be a mm-hmm. good situation. Um, so that's awesome. That that's a sign of promise right there for her. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, get it back to her and talk to her about it. I think I'm going to try and well, you know, see if they'll meet for coffee and sit down and say, yeah. hey, this is you know, the deal. Um, and so now that we've you know, gone on this massive tangent, let's talk about your new book. Um, so you have, <laughs> um, you have a cute new I – mean, this is such a sweet story. And the cutest yeah. title, uh, yeah. it's Dog Park Sweethearts, right? Yeah, that yes. is adorable. Covers adorable. So tell me about this story and how you came about coming up with it. Okay. Um, well, I knew that my publishing house was looking for certain times of the year's kind of uh, settings. So they had said they were looking for mm-hmm. Valentine stories, and hello, Valentine's is kind of an, an, a no-brainer as far as romances, right? So. Um, right. But I knew that they were also wanting to go low drama and super sweet. So, you know, that takes a lot of stuff off the table because I tend to be kind of on the dramatic side normally. Um, but this is my second really sweet novel. And it's it's really just fun because um, it's a world where there's not a lot of excessive drama, where the black moment is, you know, it's, it's like, uh-oh, but it's not a, oh, my gosh, not the breath out of your chest. It's still a guarantee sweetness. So these characters mm-hmm. are very um, funny. My heroine is super quirky. Uh, her name is Autumn. Autumn Welsh, and she and her sister Harley run a kind of like a painting with a twist studio. Harley does, Mm -hmm. um, she throws pots and um, uh, pottery and stuff, and then um, Autumn is the painter. So they do, you know, they do classes and all that good stuff. But Autumn, she's just super quirky. She has, you know, seasonal knee knee socks that she wears all the time, and she's just very bouncy and bubbly and and just a lot of fun. And um, she has adopted Kobe, or short for Cobalt because she's a painter, Cobalt Blue, blah, blah, blah. I know. Brilliant, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so she's adopted um, Kobe from a shelter, and she has met, um, he, he was native, Noah. He had grown up and was born there. But he'd gone off and, and traveled, and he's back to fix up this big historical home there in um, Crossvine Creek. 
And he ended up adopting a dog, which he had not planned, but just because he had fallen in love with Baxter. And so when he adopted, Autumn was there because she volunteers at the shelter. And the two of them have just been meeting in the dog park there in town for about a year. They bring their puppies and they're like best puppy friends ever and hang out and have coffee. And um, he thinks she's hysterical and she thinks he's just the sweetest guy ever. And so they've become really, really good friends, but totally just friends. Um, because he's going to be leaving soon and she's so focused on, you know, making sure that the studio that she has with her sister stays on the up and up, you know, that romance at this point. eh. But um, Noah has been worried about his mom uh, and Autumn's been worried about her dad. And so they came up with this idea to just introduce them and hope that they'll become friends. They're not really automatically thinking relationship, relationship. They're just thinking these are two older people who have lost their spouses you know, what's the harm in introducing them to each other so that they can, you know, maybe possibly be friends. Um, and it's, it's just so much fun because the two of them trying to continue to get the two of them together. And then the parents are like, Ooh, so they have this budding relationship. So we need to try and make sure that Autumn and Noah are together all the time. So it's like they're working against each other for each other. Um, it's just a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of sweet fun. And, um, obviously, you know, everything's going to come out okay in the end, but just, um, just a really, a really sweet visit to a really sweet place. And I get to write, uh, Harley, the sister story and her book will be pumpkin patch sweethearts and it will be coming out in the fall. So yeah, good stuff. So when, how do you transition? Because I know a lot of people talk about a lot of authors are write a certain niche or certain you know that's their that's their mm-hmm. strength and that's what they love to do, and yes. you have written different genres. So you've written a YA, you've done paranormal, you've done mm-hmm. contemporary mm-hmm. romance, and now within the contemporary romance under that umbrella, you're writing sweet and let's just call it spicy or saucy. Yeah. How yeah. when you are plotting a sweet book or sweeter side book. How you plot mm-hmm. that differently than the saucy because you don't have the saucy bit to put in there. Right. How do you right. you plan that out? Well, I think you're just more, um, you know, for me, a lot of it is about body language and tension. So um, we're with a saucier book, obviously, you're going to put in a more intense kind of visceral reaction. With a sweeter book, mm-hmm. it's just about a emotional reaction and I mean you still have the tingles by all you know all means you want that kind of but it's not at the quite um uh aggressive if you will for lack of a better word or intense level um that you would for the sweet the sweet to me is always motivated by um the smile or the accidental hand touch or just the look you know there's this earnestness um with it that with the other you know you're you're definitely going to go um where it's, it's not closed doors. So, um, but yeah, no, with my sweets, I mean, I think it's like maybe a couple of kisses. Um, it's, it is very sweet because I just wanted it to be on, um, this kind of quirky, fun interactions between my characters. Um, but it is different. I mean, it is different. And I do think that I've been really lucky to be able to write in different genres, even though it makes branding difficult. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of times it's, it's my publisher that will come to me and say, Hey, um, this is a, a hole that we're trying to fill. Would you be willing to do that? And so that, that's that been kind of a cool challenge, you know, because it's stuff that I might not have thought of doing on my own. Um, and then I end up falling in love with the, the characters in the series, and I feel very blessed that I've had that opportunity, you know, to expand my writing world. 
Well, sure. And, you know, having, having your publisher approach you and say, hey, I think you can handle this. And I yeah. think we'd like, for you, we'd like for you to do this. And that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's 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 great. It's very, it's also you know kind of good for the ego. <laughs> Just a little, and and you know, speaking yeah. of that, um, you're kind of busy this year. Yeah, because I you know. got a lot of not projects. complaining. Yeah, <laughs> I do. No, yes. yeah, right. So <laughs> you have um, you have your you know dog park sweethearts today yesterday yeah. no two days ago. Yeah. Um, and then you have a very like 180 book coming yes. out at the end of next month and yes. that's Jace and that's um, the first of your new uh, country music series coming out yes yeah um, and I'm super excited I've just started to get some reviews Publishers Weekly reviewed it and it's it looks like people are going to be super receptive and it, I was worried because you know not everybody will read country music um, romance but uh, and it's super high drama super high you know Dallas meets Nashville kind of intense big big family saga and so much fun to write and these characters um I just feel like I know them I mean truly know them on it because I've had to go really deep um this is again like you said 180 there's a lot of drama there's a lot of significant topics in this book um that you know could could make it difficult for some people to read it but I tried to write it in such a way where it was very empowering for a lot of women that has been um victimized so I am hoping that it will do well and that people will um, enjoy it and yet also get that kind of sense of, you know, female empowerment out of it, Um, which I think sometimes a lot of readers don't realize that romance can do that for women. It is about giving a woman a sense of control and power, you know, and supporting the female idea of being soft and feminine and having emotions and still being amazing. So, um, so yeah, I'm super, super excited about that book and hope that readers will really get excited about it. So fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers. Yes. And then you have, um, and, and you know, another question I wanted to ask along that vein is, do you write one book at a time or do you I hop around? To, to, um, okay. Yeah. I used to be able to hop around and now I don't because my deadlines are so tight that it would be like going to a different planet, if that makes sense, you know? So I have sure. to stay on that one planet and I have to make sure that I have done everything that I need to do before I can start the other one. It's just because there are such, um, most of my books are series. So it, it would be very hard to keep up if I was bouncing all over the place. Um, so okay. at this point I am down to doing one at a time, uh, just for my own sanity. <laughs> so yeah. Do you, do you plot out if it's a series? So you know you've got the dog park sweethearts, and then you've got pumpkin patch mm-hmm. sweethearts. Um, mm-hmm. Do you plot out the series for this? I mean, do you, or do you have those you know the strings you want to pull all the way through? Do you have that already set up as you're writing the first book, or does it develop as you go? Um, I think I've always kind of had a basic idea of what I want to happen. Like I definitely already know in my head who Harley is going to end up with. And I, you know, I already have, but by the time this book was finished, I knew exactly what was going to happen for Harley. So, um, but I think when I start a series, yes, there has to be kind of a, okay, I know that for each book, this needs to be the dramatic, you know, kind of focus or their conflict or whatever. But um, down to all the little details, no, Um, that kind of slowly emerges. And then, I mean, like, I'm finishing, or I just finished the um, second uh, Kings of Country book, which was um, Brock, the the Emmy Lou's um, hero. Uh, hero. Um, and it, you know, some things. There's nothing like riding along, and you're like, no, this is what happened. 
and you're like, okay, wait, Sasha, <laughs> yeah. you're writing this book. <laughs> I mean, hello. So apparently the subconscious <laughs> will even, you know, put itself on the page sometime. But that's like the best for me. It's happened a couple of different times when I'm writing and I'm like, I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> and you're like, I know. okay, this is a little much. But yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, every once in a while, my own book throw curve falls at me and I think it's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, years ago, Pam Morrissey, who's a fantastic writer and person in general, yes. she yes. was talking about, um, you know, sometimes you plot for your books and then characters keep showing up. And so yes. one of it was she had a, a guy whose father uh, died in prison. Okay, that was the character's, mm-hmm. part of the character's backstory. And she's writing along, and the dad shows up. And she's like, no, no, you're dead. And so she, like, erases it and goes on. <laughs> and then the next day, the dad shows up again. And she's like, no, no, you're dead. And then by the right. third day, he showed up. She's like, okay, fine. You know, and she just put him in there. And she said it made for a stronger story. But, you right. know, any right. other room of people would be like, okay, should we call somebody? Is there somebody right. exactly. we need to talk to? Exactly. And we're all like, oh, yes. wow, writing notes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember being at a writing, uh, Jolene Navarro, who writes um, inspirational romance, we had gone on a writing mm-hmm. retreat. We were scoping out this possible place for all of our writing group to go um, on the coast. And so we, we went and we were writing for the whole weekend. And I was writing at that time the um, the first werewolf book. And I was okay. writing this scene. And I remember it was something that I didn't know was going to happen. So I wrote it and I was like, oh, you know, freaking out. And Jolene looks at me and she's like, what? And I was like, the body is gone. The body is gone. And she's like, Sasha. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> and her face, she just started laughing. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. It was really exciting. But yeah, I, yeah. it happens. It does. Yes. It mm-hmm. does. I've done that too. And it's almost like you, you, it was one of those moments that you actually wish that someone was videotaping your reaction because yes, you're writing yes, and you're like, yes. oh, okay, this is what's going on, yeah. you know? All like, oh, right. Yeah, uh, like, uh, it's, it's funny, and I'm sure yeah. people, I'm sure people are thinking, but it's your story. I'm like, yes, I know, but sometimes yes. it yes. kind of writes itself. Yeah. The the logical <laughs> avenue to take. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like a toddler. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's, it's awesome. And I think sometimes, I don't know if this is for you, but for me, if I'm, I get kind of stuck, the best thing I can do, um, even when I'm on deadline is to like walk away because I can sit there and mm-hmm. stare and stare and stare and angst and just like give myself a headache over like, this isn't working. And if I will just literally turn off the computer, go outside, go to the grocery store, anything for just a mm-hmm. little bit of time, it gives you that clarity to go back in with a fresh perspective um, right. knock on wood, that has never failed me. Um, sometimes I need a little bit of a longer break than I would like, but, um, you know, you you have to, you have to refill that well, um, because unfortunately you don't, you know, want to end up with flat pages or an unsatisfactory book. That's, that's the worst thing. Right. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's times I'm sitting there saying, thinking all I feel like I'm writing is she said this, he said that. Yeah. Ha yeah. ha ha! You know, like it's not. It's, it's it's more dull than a series of texts. You know, it's just like this is right, not right. going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, oh that's awesome. So not fun. So you've got your Kings of Country series. That first book uh-huh. comes out next month, and then you have the Dog Park Sweethearts, and the second book for that comes out in October um, or mm-hmm. September. Then 
then your next release after the 31st of March. I mean, I'm saying all this because, one, you're, I love you dearly, but, oh, my gosh, you're insane because um, you, you have just an in, intense writing schedule this year, which is yeah, what we all str- strived for, right? We all push. Right, right exactly. Get, we want the moment to complain that we have too many deadlines. That's, that's yes. the moment we yes. want to say yes. that, is, um, that we're yes. crazy. So yeah. you've got <laughs> you've got your next book. Just walk us through your year because okay. I so, you will not um, believe this so, year. <laughs> so books that are coming out this year, I have um, the Dog Park Sweethearts was out, and then I will have the First Kings of Country, and then um, I have my first book with Entangled, and um, it's going to be mass market paperback. I'm super excited about it. It's called Accidentally Family. And it's much more along the lines of Jace as far as a uh, layered family saga. Um, I feel very honored that they're kind of trying to, you know, use Robin Carr and Susan Mallory as a comparison. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that makes me nervous. But I will take it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. And then I have the third Dragers book, which is a, a cowboy family. Um, it should be out in the middle of the summer. And then I will have um, Pumpkin, uh, Pumpkin Pet Sweethearts in the fall. So I have five books out this year and probably about the same next year. And the ones that are coming out next year is what I'm writing right now. So, um, right. so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you saw my writing schedule. It's, it's intense. So um, not a lot of it time is, to take yeah. those needed breaks and walks when, um, but, you know, I, I cannot complain. I'm so happy and excited and hope that readers will be happy and excited with the books that, that are coming out. So, yes. So what have you, you know, you've written Paranormal, you've written YA, you've mm-hmm. written Contemporary, mm-hmm. t- different types. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you haven't written yet that you want to write? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I actually miss writing Paranormal because I really have enjoyed it. <clears throat> I had, um, you know, the Greek mythology series and then the werewolf series. And then I actually wrote this space, um, you know, kind of a space Western novella that I loved. Um, and I would love to visit that set of characters again. And I would love to go back. Uh, I have a couple of other Greek books that I'd like to finish, but they have to wait. Unfortunately, I just, there's no way this year that I could fit them in. And I'm, I want to make sure that everything I put out, I've given the attention that it needs and deserves. And I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange any characters. So, um, but eventually, I would like to get back there. Um, and then I do have the uh, the YA that I wrote, the one YA that I wrote. Um, I have half of that written, and I really want to finish it because those fans, YA fans, are amazing. And I still have some of them contacting me, wanting to know what happened. So I need to do that. I feel like you know when you when you form a relationship with people and they're looking forward to something, you have to honor that you know contract. And I love these characters. I need to I need to let yeah. everyone know this is what's going on. Um, again, it's just a matter of time and you know me getting some sleep. <laughs> At some sleep, point, so. whatever. Yeah, you're so lazy. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but you're right because it's it's one of those things when you're creating this world and you're creating these characters. And, you know, you love them dearly, or you should, you know, even if they're yeah, awful yes. people. You, you love the characters. <laughs> right. And then it's amazing to have readers write to you and say, okay, but what about this character? And, and what about yes. this one? So yes. it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird, yeah. and it's wonderful at the same time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Has, has there definitely. been a character that people, I mean, you know, your YA fans, yes. Was there a character yeah. that you've, been approached about that you had no 
you had no plans to write about? Um, well, yes, everyone, uh, it, again, I think that there's a, there's just very vocal groups of fans and paranormal is another group. And the villain in my, my Greek series is Poseidon. And if I see one more review, um, where they're like, he has to get his comeuppance. I mean, it's, they hate him probably more than I ever could. (laughs) So it's like this demand for justice because of all the horrible things he's done they really, really, really want me to make him suffer, which is difficult when you're writing romance. <laughs> because if True. I was ever going to write a, a book, I would have to find a way to redeem him in order for it to really, you know, be his story. Um, and yeah. yes, I have figured out how to do it, and it's going to be horrible. But as some people think, you know, I mean, Medusa was kind of a tragic ending to me. It was, it was satisfactory because, hello, it's Medusa. But um, and his would probably have to be along the lines of that in order for it to really be what it needs to be. So that's going to sure. take a lot of digging deep and probably a lot of crying. And that will be the last book in that series. So I've, as much as I know it needs to be done, because I'm with them, it, he needs to get his comeuppance. It's going to be a hard book to write. So um, yeah. yeah, that's on the back back burner. <laughs> but when people ask yeah. me, like, yes, it's coming. He's coming. And I have the cover. And oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. It is absolutely exquisite yeah but um that it's just it's just waiting. sitting there waiting We're in a holding pattern yep yep Sarah yeah. waiting it's like yeah do you ever feel like you have all your characters in your head from different books and they're all just kind of sitting there like looking at their watches going really anytime now hello I've been yes. sitting here waiting for my yes. turn okay good, good. I always okay. thought that, that would be a really a good yeah I always thought that'd be a really good um tv series in the sense yeah. of, um, did you ever, like the old Carol Burnett, did you ever see it when like Harvey yes. Korn would be the, the writer and it would be going off in his head? I mean, that would be to yes. me kind of a fun oh, thing yeah. to have. Yeah. I should pitch no, that. Totally. Yeah. Just inside. <laughs> you should totally do it. Pitch it, woman. Pitch it. I love it. I think that's do awesome. it. Because I have nothing you else should. I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. You're just a lady of, Not a of, thing. of leisure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> So I'm just waiting for Reese Witherspoon to call me and tell me that I'm her new librarian. That's all. That's just, that's all I'm doing right now. So that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Well, I did, you know what? I, I was really stressed about, I wasn't stressed about the, you know, you write your little thing up about who you are and, uh-huh. I did, you know, I did a pretty decent job with that. I had a couple of people look at it before I sent it. But they have you do a 90-second uh, video that you have to turn in, obviously, because you have to be comfortable in front of the camera. And sure. I've done the TV segment for San Antonio Living for um, five years now, so it's not that I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. But my my office is not really set up to do, or where I would record is not really set up to do it because it's just an overhead light. And so I'm trying to figure yeah. out how to position stuff and it doesn't glare on the front of the back. <laughs> so you're know. like upside down in your closet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, yeah, pretty much. Here I am, you know, amongst my, you know, pretty close. Uh, my T-shirts, my, all my T-shirts. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. No, I hear but, you. I mean, we were talking about writing like, space yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we were. And it's it's one of those things. It's like, well, you know, I sent in what I sent in and if, if it, if something happens, great, but nothing would happen if I sent nothing. Exactly. And exactly. I think yep. that's the big plunge that we all had to take at some point as a writer yep. is, well, I could yep. sit here and write this and put it in a journal and put it under my bed, mm-hmm. or I could take it somewhere and take the leap and right. Right. make something happen. No, 
So, yeah. It truly is a moment of confronting your deepest fears and just, you know, holding your breath and hoping that it all falls out the way it's supposed to. But like you said, if you don't do it, you'll, it's one of those things where you could literally regret or question the rest of your life. And that's just not mm-hmm. the way a person wants to live. It's just not. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. If you're going to yeah. fail, fail epically. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> that's right. Fall flat on your face and do it. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So tell me, um, in all this craziness that you are Mm -hmm. writing, you obviously have to give yourself downtime mentally to to breathe. What are you reading? Goodness, let's see. I just finished um, Such a Fun Age, which actually was a Reese Witherspoon book. Um, yes. Yes. And it was amazing. It was really just kind of like a, a whoa kind of thing. Um, really, uh-huh. really enjoyed it. Uh, but it, it was definitely one of those things that, you know, makes you think afterwards. And I really appreciated that. So it was, it was, it was good. Um, on my bedside table right now, I have uh, Jody Thomas's latest. And I have okay. um, Kylie Stewart's first book. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, she's a delightful young author that I have met up at a a recent conference in Dallas. And so I'm super excited to read her stuff. Um, It's a historical, historical piece. So, so those are the, those are the two that are coming up next, but I've also watched, um, I I kind of binged watched (laughs) the new BBC Dracula. um, Uh And I'm totally in love with his name is Place Bang. It's the guy who played. I, uh-huh. I mean, his name is like, oh my gosh, you could use that as like a cuss word, Place Bang. I mean, he's amazing. But um, <laughs> I got totally, I got totally hooked on it. And it's from, you know, BBC, so it's British. And it definitely has a strange ending. But I loved it and I cried. And I was like, why am I crying over the end of a TV show about Dracula? But Oh my gosh, I adored it. I, and I think it was again because I do still have such a passion for um, good paranormal stories, and it really was um, well done, I thought. So, so you know, you got to take a break every once in a while. And we've watched um, some of Mandalorian. I guess we finally finished it. And it was, to me, hit or miss. Some of the episodes were amazing. Some of them, yeah. Eh, I was kind of like, this is definitely a filler chapter. You know what I mean? Um, right. But the, the whole fundamental truth of this warrior protecting a baby hello that appeals to everybody you know I mean because that Mm -hmm. at its core is what that story is about so um a not so good guy realizing at the last moment that he can't give this baby over to basically be you know experimented on and so he goes back and saves this adorable floating baby with magical powers I mean hey woo I'm there you know so yeah and the amount of memes that is inspired has been oh, phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Even my husband, who is not, he's not a, a oh, gosh, what a pop culture person at all. His coworker uh-huh. is like a total hardcore. His coworker made him a 3D model. He's a 3D printer of the Baby Yoda with his little sippy cup. And my husband has it on his desk. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> he's like, but it's so cute. I'm like, oh, my God, who are you? Right. So yeah, everybody loves what Baby Yoda. <laughs> one of the There's shows no we've really gotten Yoda. hooked on. One of the shows we've really gotten hooked on is Sex Education. It's another BBC. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It is. It is. It, it is honest. It's like my husband and okay. I are watching it, thinking, "Well, this would be actually a really good show for kids to watch." I mean, it, in the sense of. <laughs> 
teenagers, even even pretty much anybody over the age of you know legal. Would I mean? But right. It's, it's it's one of those that has a lot of really good talks and discussions. Right. I mean, I I thought okay. I think it's great. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's definitely. Thank um, you for the recommendation. The first three minutes. Yeah, in the first three minutes, you might want to watch the first episode without your kids in the room. I mean, all your kids are old enough okay. to watch it. I mean, because they're all yeah. pretty much yeah. adults. Yeah, my youngest but, I mean, is it's 17. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, but yeah. it might be a little awkward. <laughs> just, okay. Just let you know. <laughs> so, um, so we've been we've been talking. This is Patricia W. Fisher. We've been talking to Sasha Summers. Her newest book, Dog Park Sweethearts, is out now, and her book Jake will be out. The Kings of Country will be out next month. And then you can find her at Twitter, Instagram, and her website, and Facebook, and all of those links are in the write-up of the show. So thank you so much for coming, and I hope um, I get to see you sometime this year, at, you know, between all your yeah. writing deadlines. <laughs> thank you, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, and everybody, absolutely, and anytime, come on back. We'd love to talk to you again. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Keep on this show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.